Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. It was that same yearning for freedom that nearly 250 years ago gave birth to a special place called America. It was a small cluster of colonies caught between a great ocean and a vast wilderness. It was home to an incredible people with a revolutionary idea that they could rule themselves, that they could chart their own destiny, and that together they could light up the entire world. Hello, friends. Father Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to Praying for America. You know, there are certain key people along the way whom God gives a special responsibility and a special opportunity to advance the greatness of America. And tonight I'm going to share with you an interview of one such person. He was the Deputy Campaign Director for the presidential campaign of President Donald Trump in 2016. David Bossie. Now, if you follow American politics, you'll be familiar with that name. He is going to be uh, our guest tonight. I just interviewed him the other day, and I want to share the clip with you. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about him. uh, And uh, before we do that, let's, as usual, go into our scripture, go into our prayer. And please leave your prayer intentions. First of all, I'd love to see where you're from. Let me know in the comments where you're from. And let us all know, all of us who are watching now, how we can pray for you. Because praying for America obviously means also praying for one another. I want to go to uh, John chapter 18 and read a little bit here from the trial of Jesus. Because, you know, talking about the MAGA movement, talking about the America First movement, talking about President Trump, And this great movement that he leads, the greatest movement in the history of American politics. I love when he says that. And it it, it is so true. And I hope each and every one of you is convinced of that. Uh, This reading here that I'm about to share speaks about an experience we all have. How the left, how the anti-Trumpers speak about us, lie about us, try to manipulate us, try to cancel us. It's so absolutely shameful that there aren't even words for it. But I want to uh, sh- show you here from this, uh, from this particular uh, passage how that applies. So John chapter 18, starting with verse 19. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his doctrine. Jesus answered, I have spoken publicly to the world. I have always taught in a synagogue or in the temple area where all the Jews gather. And in secret, I have said nothing. Why ask me? Ask those who heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the temple guards standing there struck Jesus and said, Is this the way you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken wrongly, testify to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, 
Why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Let us pray. Lord God, we are not ashamed of our message. And we speak loudly and publicly of the great movement to which we belong. A movement committed to saving America, making America great, and keeping America great. And we thank you for the leaders, Lord, that you have providentially provided throughout the course of our history to make this happen. We thank you for our guests tonight. We thank you for the leader of this movement, President Donald Trump. We thank you, Lord, for one another, for all the Christians, all the patriots who are watching now and praying for one another. We thank you, Lord. We delight in the company of the Holy Ones that you have given us and of which your your Holy Word sings praise. Thank you, Lord God, for the energy that you give us as we speak about these things, for the commitment that you enable us to renew each and every day in working for your kingdom above all and in that context, defending the greatness of America. We pray in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, So, you know, brothers and sisters, it's it's a period, obviously, of heightened tension in our country. Uh, The various decisions are coming uh, out from the uh, Supreme Court and uh, a lot of expectation on abortion, on gun uh, rights, on uh, religious freedom, on school choice, to name four key issues that the court is ruling on in the coming days. And then, of course, a whole lot of other uh, things going on that have been for a long time creating tension. You know, I recently uh, prepared a uh, public statement that I'll be sharing uh, shortly. And uh, I I quoted in there Newt Gingrich. I don't know if you remember. He had an op-ed just after Christmas uh, in uh, last year and uh, at a time when there was so much uh, tension in the country about the 2020 elections, and uh, he was expressing quite a bit of um, of anger, actually. He said he had never felt more angry or alienated in his six-decade career in public service. Never more than now had he fen- spent felt more alienated or angry. And a lot of us can say the very same thing. I know that I can, and we have a, a party in power that is completely out of control, the Democrat Party. And you know, it's, it's amazing how many, uh, it's amazing to see the tiptoeing. I mean, it's not even funny anymore, and especially on the part of clergy. I can say, say that as a member of the clergy myself. Uh, oh, there's a certain party in America that is doing this or doing that, or oh, yo, you know, we have a difference in the political parties. Well, let's just come out and say what in the world we're talking about. Okay. It's the Democrat party that's causing the problems here. Um, They're the party of death. They are the party of death. Uh, Let's, let's be clear and straight about what we're saying. There's no need for tiptoeing, but people thrive uh, when they're given the truth and the truth is served by speaking it, communicating, saying something and saying it clearly. Uh, you know what? What's been particularly annoying is uh, you know when the Democrats do something in Congress, like block a law that would 
protect babies born alive after a failed abortion or or block a, a reasonable measures to protect our taxpayer dollars from going to abortion um, or pass some kind of crazy measure of their own like that like that extreme abortion uh, bill that the House passed recently. It didn't get a vote in the Senate, but it would eliminate any reasonable restrictions on the procedure. Some of these uh, Catholic uh, news uh, services uh, will report on this, right? And it's not like this 100% of the time, but often enough I've noticed the pattern. Uh, It'll say, well, congressional leaders or Congress passed this particular measure or Congress took a position on this, that, or the other thing. It's the Democrats, friends. It's the Democrats. It's not the Republicans that are interested in forcing you to pay for abortions. It's not the Republicans that are interested in taking away the right of a parent to know under the law whether her minor age daughter is going to get an abortion. It's not the Dem- it's not the Republicans that are trying to block laws that would provide protections for born babies. No, no, no. It's the Democrats that are causing the problem. So I would urge the reporters and the news agencies, and we're talking within the religious realm here, talking specifically within the Catholic realm, because that's where I see the problem um, on this particular point I'm making now, to just be fair to the people and 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 don't 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 leave them with the impression that it's some kind of nebulous force of Congress that's doing these terrible things. It's the Democrats. All right, let me introduce our guest. I'll show you the clip that we taped just recently. David Bossie, as I mentioned, uh, was the deputy campaign director for President Trump's uh, presidential campaign back in 2016. Prior to that, uh, and still, he serves as uh, chairman uh, of the Citizens United group. Now, that's a a, a very, very uh, effective, highly respected advocacy group that won a major Supreme Court case, the Citizens United case, back in 2010, having to do with campaign finance reform. It secured the rights of many of our Uh, fellow citizens and their organizations to speak into the political process in our nation. So Citizens United, highly respected uh, group. In 2020, uh, David was involved in the effort of uh, defending President Trump and his uh, uh, administration against the second uh, impeachment hoax. And we use the word hoax because as I bring up with David in our conversation, again, the Democrats, not Congress generically, but the Democrats, really through the Constitution and any kind of related procedural norms for doing something as serious as impeaching a president, out the window. They threw them out the window because they don't care about fairness. They don't care about truth. They don't care about due process. They don't care about us those who are part of this great movement, greatest political movement in American history. Now, I say to David a number of times in the interview, and I want to say it before I even show you the clip, how grateful I am to him. We owe a great debt of gratitude to him 
And some of the people he worked with closely, whom he will mention, of course, uh, needless to say, President Trump himself, but people like Steve Bannon, people like Kellyanne Conway, people like Corey Lewandowski. Uh, David, by the way, authored a number of books or co-authored them. We've had Corey Lewandowski here on the program, too. And again, I was just so happy to be able to, uh, to interview him on one of our past shows. And at that point, we were talking about this book that Corey and David authored together called Trump America First and the subtitle, The President Succeeds Against All Odds. You know, it's amazing to see how much President Trump accomplished, but isn't it amazing to think how much more would have been accomplished if he didn't have this constant, vicious, unfair, really maniacal opposition from the Democrats, from the media, from the anti-Trumpers, and from many others. So let me share with you now my recent interview with David Bossy. Well, David, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the program today. Uh, we're delighted to be with you. And, uh, uh, you know, I have spoken about you before on our broadcast, and we've had uh, we've had Corey Lewandowski on, and I know you, you co-authored some uh, books with him. Uh, but I'd like to begin by... Um, uh, having you relate to our audience uh, what it was like being the deputy campaign director for what I consider the most uh, consequential presidential campaign in our history, and I'm sure I'm joined in that judgment by uh, by many others. How did you end up teaming up with uh, then-candidate Donald Trump and uh, working on that campaign? It's a, it's a great question, sir, and, and uh, I have known uh, President Trump uh, long before he ran for president. I got to know him in 2010, uh, actually 2010. Uh, so many, many years before uh, the 2016 election. And I helped him uh, and introduced him and recommended Corey uh, to be the campaign manager. I introduced him uh, to Steve Bannon and to um, uh, many of the folks, Don McGahn, and many of the folks that were the, that ended up being uh, the core component of the presidential campaign, and and, and ended up uh, being asked during the summer when uh, when the leadership team of the campaign stumbled and had a lot of problems, and President Trump, then candidate Trump, wanted to make a change. Uh, he turned to people he knew and trusted, and so I got a phone call. Uh, actually, when I was at um, Disney World uh, with my wife and kids back in 2016, and, uh, and and he asked me if I would come and take over the campaign and help run the day-to-day -day operation with Kellyanne Conway, somebody who had, I had introduced him to, and Steve Bannon. So uh, the, the three of us came in there in the summer of, of 2016 and really righted the ship. Uh, but really, it was all about Donald Trump. It was about his message uh, and about and, and about what the American people at the time saw, in my opinion, as as a good versus evil campaign. And in essence, uh, the the Clintons and the Clinton regime versus uh, you know what we called the consummate outsider, a businessman who was not involved in politics at all. Uh, and so uh, the American people clearly made a made a choice, and I think it was a, a defining moment. Uh, for America. 
Well, David, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say you know, we all have a lot to be uh, thankful for to you and to the others on that great team, uh, most of whom I also have had the privilege of uh, getting to know. And uh, I mean, the accomplishments and I'd like to give you uh, I'd like you to give us a little bit of an insight into President Trump's process of uh, making decisions, because, you know, I've heard so many stories, many of us have, about situations where, uh, you know, uh, he would be he would be consulting a lot of people, but he's ready, it seems to me, to turn on a dime when necessary. He sees the situation, makes a decision, and then uh, carries it out in a way that it seems to me few other people are able to do. And, and this is seen by the fact that the, so many of his accomplishments were things that previous presidents had agreed with, talked about, even promised, but hadn't been able to bring it over the finish line and actually get it done. It seems to me President Trump is somebody with a unique ability that where there's a way to actually getting something done, he's able to see that path. And then in that moment, timing is everything. And he acts decisively enough in order to get to the finish line. Tell me your, uh, your perspective on that. You could not be any more right. Uh, President Trump, anyone, don't make decisions for the four years that he was in the White House, uh, that he wanted to do more, uh, not less. And he would do things in a week, in a, in a month, that would take previous administrations a year or two because they, the way that the bureaucracy works and grinds you down. President Trump made people work on his timetable, not the other way around, which is usually the way Washington has always worked, which is why nothing gets done. And in four years under President Trump, you saw the American people um, be surprised time and time again uh, with the sheer volume of, uh, of, of activity that would come out of that White House. Uh, and, and he was an incredible person. His, he, he, his energy is, is historic. It's boundless. People know it. They know that he is never going to stop fighting for them. And that was part of it during the campaign and, and during his days in the White House. You know, he'd wake up every single day and he would say, who are we going to fight for today? And that's what it was to him. It was a fight for the American people and trying to make America great again wasn't just a slogan. It was a way of life. You know, David, in the uh, Old Testament, you know, there's the book of Nehemiah when uh, when God's people are rebuilding the wall uh, of the city. And there's a there's a description of that 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 I always think of when I consider President Trump's administration. And it is that with one hand, they're doing the work, they're, they're building the wall. And on the other hand, they're fending off their enemies. And and, you know, what's amazing about all the accomplishments of the Trump administration is not only that they were accomplished in the way that they were, but that in the process, he was fending off an unprecedented uh, attack machine going after him on the part of the Democrats, on the part of the media, uh, anti-Trumpers within the Republican Party. Um, and, uh, you know, you were, of course, front and center, seeing all this unfold uh, and being part of this successful effort. And you also helped in 2020 uh, to defend uh, the, the, the president against one of the, the fake uh, impeachment uh, 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 hoaxes. Tell us about that, how that defense worked, and give us an insight, too, into 
how completely uh, unfair and, and even unconstitutional the moves were uh, of the Democrats in, um, in initiating these impeachments. Yeah, sir. It's, you know, it's a great perspective uh, for people to remember what President Trump had to endure. Um, and I say this, uh, you know, quite seriously, and I hate to say it, but the mainstream media and the left in this country hate President Trump more than they love our country. It, it has been proven over the last five or six years now, uh, since he first came on the scene, that they would he is such a change agent, a disruptor to them that, that he would they they would do anything they can to stop him, to defeat him, to destroy him. And that is why you saw the not one, but two impeachment hoaxes. You saw uh, Hillary Clinton. We just found out recently in court by Robbie Mook, her own campaign manager. That's something that President Trump and we have been saying for years, which is we were not Russian operatives. Donald Trump was not a, a Putin pawn. This this entire Russia collusion hoax was made up, created and put put forward by Hillary Clinton herself that she ran the operation. And so you don't see any of the Pulitzer Prizes being taken back by the Washington Post and New York Times for this incredible investigative reporting on a story that was not true. The, this president, President Trump, had to endure more of that on a daily basis for four years. And, and I say um, routinely that what the media did uh, in 20. Uh, 16 and throughout his entire four-year presidency, leading up to his re-election in 2020, in, in how they covered stories, their biased uh, way they covered stories, uh, not covering stories like the Hunter Biden laptop, uh, which, which the American people now recognize as a major story and the one that people who voted for Biden say if we had known about that, we wouldn't have voted for him necessarily. And he only won by 42,000 votes in three states. That's not a big uh, uh, number of votes to, to have cross over. So I call that election interference, sir. That's to get to your, to, to really to the nub of your, of your question is the mainstream media participated in an election interference operation for five years, not for the last couple of months, but it goes back to what I said. They hate this man more than they love the country. They're willing to do and say anything to destroy him. And, and that's even suppressing the news, allowing big tech, Facebook, Google, uh, you know, all Twitter to throttle the president of the United States. Think about the power of, of big tech that they can just shut his voice off uh, and, and shut down anyone who who who. Uh, who works with him, who, who defends him. So we all went through this. We all uh, had to bleed in the same mud uh, at the same time over the last five years. Uh, but I got to tell you, this guy is not um, going to go away quietly. Uh, I believe, and, and it's not because of anything he has said to me directly about this, but I believe he's going to run for president again. Uh, and I believe he is in a position, if you look at how poorly 
Joe Biden's performance has been in the last 18 months. There's a lot of people out there who's looking for a mean tweet or two in return for $3 gasoline. Uh, if they could have food on their shelves, if they could, you know, go find a job that is going to be meaningful and pay and well-paying to help support their families instead of living off the government. This is this is a if you look at Pete want peace and prosperity for the United States. Joe Biden is overseeing the greatest uh, crises, all man-made, all made by Joe Biden and his administration. Every one of these crises, it, it's it's unbelievable. But the American people are waking up to it every single day. Uh, and I got to tell you, I think we're going to see a massive, massive storm in this country come this November of 2022. Well, David, uh, I want to thank you again uh, for all that you've done. And I agree with you uh, that he, he will run and will win because, you know, as he always says, well, the country is going to hell, you know. Or are you going to run again, Mr. President? Well, the country is going to hell. I think it's a question of, you know, you see what's happening to the country. If you think you can do something about it, then let's go do it. And we'll Step do up. it together. Um, you know, I, 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 people sometimes ask me, why do you have President Trump's picture, you know, behind you when you do your broadcasts? And David, I want you to know the answer that I give them is, if he weren't where he is, we wouldn't be where we are. He and, and the decisions made in his administration literally saved our ministry and many like us, we were one of the litigants in the Supreme Court against the, the contraceptive mandate that was trying to force us uh, uh, to include that in our health uh, insurance coverage. And, and it was only because of the election of President Trump that we and so many others were freed from that and, uh, and so many other ways that religious freedom was under, uh, under attack. You were part of that. We are all grateful to you, and we look forward, uh, David, to keeping in contact and uh, to seeing another historic victory for our country. Thanks for having me, sir. You're welcome. Well, again, I am grateful to David for, uh, for that particular opportunity to chat with him. And uh, friends, I, I invite you to share that, uh, that clip with uh, others that you know who would be interested and you know, in praying for America, we pray for people like like David. We pray for people like uh, Steve Bannon, Corey, Corey Lewandowski, uh, uh, all the people that worked so closely in uh, in the administration, Kellyanne Conway. We pray for these people. Uh, you know, they they deal with a lot of stuff uh, in their lives and in their work. They deal with a lot. And uh, they rely on the power of our prayers. Somebody like President Trump, my goodness, there's no way to exaggerate how much the power of prayer is uh, and has to be part and parcel of holding him up in the midst of his responsibilities. And, you know, he believes in it. He believes in the power of prayer very deeply. He's very, very um, uh, moved by the fact that you pray for him. He's always responded uh, very, very sincerely when I've told him uh, about the many prayers that are, are going up for him uh, within our community of believers. Let's do that now. Let's pray for all these various things that we were just discussing and all the various things that you and I are following each day uh, in the American political news. Father, we turn to you again with gratitude for the people that you place in our lives and in the life of our nation who accomplish great and tremendous things. 
They accomplish great and tremendous things, Lord, because they have learned uh, the gift of discipline. They have learned how to respond with leadership. Uh, and they have associated themselves with others who have learned these things too. Lord God, you have opened up doors for them and they have walked through those doors courageously, not counting the cost or being deterred by fear. Lord, we ask that we would we would follow the same path. Enable us to see the opportunities you give us and to utilize them. Bless all those who surround President Trump and work with him uh, now in these days when he continues uh, leading this great uh, political movement, when he continues uh, influencing uh, our, our national life, when he makes his endorsements of candidates in these midterm elections and so, so many people advising him and, 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 and he himself using his skills of uh, not only of negotiation, but of observation and of weighing and balancing so many different factors and pieces of information. Uh, Lord, send the Holy Spirit to enable these processes to achieve the result that is in accord with your will and with your plan for our great country. Protect each one of us. Lord, bless all the prayer intentions that have been expressed in the comments and, and, and keep us all on your path. Lord, most of the people in our nation now, an overwhelming majority, believe this country is headed in the wrong direction. May they rise up and take the action necessary at the voting booth in these midterms to put it back in the right direction, both in this election and in the election of 2024. Enable your people, Lord, who believe in the greatness of America to take back the House, to take back the Senate, and to take back the White House. And enable us, Lord God, in gubernatorial races, in state legislative races, in mayoral races, in school board races, in all kinds of other races, to do the same. To put into office political leaders, public servants, first of all, who know the difference between serving the public and killing the public. Lord, we do not need pro-abortion lawmakers or public officials. And Lord, we ask that those who believe in the values of America will likewise fight for them, following the example of fighters like you have given us in President Trump. We ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ our Lord, and after his example and upon his instruction, we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for joining us. Uh, please connect with me on social media. I'm at FR Frank Pavone. Connect with Right Side Broadcasting at RSB Network. And we will talk to you again very soon. God bless. 
This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.